You are listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hey guys, just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this was recorded like two months ago, so some of the stuff you're going to hear is a little bit uh, not up to date, let's just say. So (laughs) I just wanted to let you know that um, I refer to a few things in the podcast that you probably already heard about on uh, other episodes, and yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoy, but I just wanted to let you know this was recorded two months ago, so some of my views have changed since, and we talk about you know, you're going to you're going to listen to it, you're going to get into it, but we talk about, you know, my relationship to food and stuff and two episodes before this one, I give you guys the whole explanation on my big epiphany and I hadn't had that when I recorded this podcast. So, I know it's all a little bit confusing, but I hope you guys enjoy. I love you all. Have an amazing day. Hello everybody. Hello. Hi. Guess who I'm with? I'm with the Rock Your Bod Pod ladies, Emma and Stella. Hi. Hello everyone. Emma is new to this podcast. Stella's probably yes. done about like five to ten podcasts. <laughs> I'm with old me. news on this podcast. Yeah. I'm the newbie. I'm very excited. <laughs> well, actually, they were supposed to record a podcast. I just hopped in. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Emma and I were supposed to record one, but then Stella ended up just tagging along, and that's okay because we're gonna talk everything. Disordered eating, you know, self-image, and just loving yourself today on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Stella and Emma have started their own podcast, like I mentioned, the Rock Your Bod Pod, and it talks all about disordered eating and, um, you know, healing yourself from disordered, uh, what is it? Bo- so, like, all about body image, finding yeah. confidence, and the more that we've actually, we're on episode 20 now, oh and the more that we've talked about it, I feel like the way we're kind of reframing it just because of how the conversations have gone is really about empowering women in their bodies. So whether Mm -hmm. that means about your relationship with food, your relationship to fitness, your mental health, like taking charge of your, for like your hormonal health, your fertility, like we kind of cover all topics and it's really just showing you that you have power when it comes to your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really evolved into like way more than we even envisioned when we started it, which is really awesome because we kind of like, went into it with this really small idea and it's turned into this um, much bigger thing, which Mm -hmm. is really awesome. Yeah, Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I listen to it religiously because it helps me. And like, I've been so open with my podcast listeners you know, the past 70 episodes that I've recorded. I know it sounds crazy. Oh my God. I so much. That's crazy. Um, that's what happens when you have too much time on your hands, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've always been very open about, you know, like just like health, my journey and my mentality towards pretty much everything. And, um, you know, some people might think that I have like an obsession with health and, and I feel like both of you are really interested in health as well. Like, what is the line? That's what I want to ask because I actually had on um, a body image specialist, psychotherapist, or not not psychotherapist, but just a therapist, um, Holly Rubin. I think I'm releasing this episode right after that one. So um, it's the episode right before this. And we were talking about orthorexia. 
And I kind of felt like weird when we were talking about it and she was describing it, I was kind of like, fuck, like, do I have orthorexia? Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think, I don't think I do. And like, listen, Stella, you know me more than anybody else in the world. And like, I'm very interested in health and I find a passion in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just generally interested, but I don't think I'm like, like, I don't, like, I'm not very, like, meticulous. I don't, like, you know, count every macro in my, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, like, obsessive, but I'm, I am obsessive at the same time. So, like, what do you think about that? Yeah. It's such a fine, I think it's such a fine line. And I think it's, like, really about um, being really honest with yourself with kind of, like, the intention behind what you're doing. Like, that's something that I've learned a lot is, like, if I catch myself, like, you know, being really restrictive or, like, cutting out certain things, I always try to go back to, like, okay, why am I doing this? And a lot of the, you know, a lot of the things that I've learned in terms of like health and like how to eat well for my body and things like that, it's for my own body. Like I've experimented so much with different ways of eating, which was like purely out of necessity because I had so many digestive problems. So like when I think about what the root of that is, it's like at the end of the day, I want to feel really good. And it's definitely a fine line for when it becomes obsessive. Cause like, I've definitely also been in situations where now I've had enough experience that I can go into things being like, okay, if I eat this, like after a lot of trial and error, I know it probably won't make me feel great, but also I'm in the situation and I feel like eating it right now. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, like I think you have to have a really good balance of those things because if I catch myself being like, oh, you're not allowed to have that. That's when it's like, a bit too far, in my opinion. I, I know. I love what you said about intention. And I feel like, Mimi, we've talked about that too before. Like, where is the desire to be your best self and feel your best? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from, I want to look good? If Is it coming from, I want my body to last a long time? Like, what you know what I mean, I guess? And it's like, yeah, yeah is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of wanting to change yourself because you don't feel good enough? Like, why are you not feeling enough? So mm-hmm. for me, I think I just, I like to see myself as a very goal-seeking creature with everything from my, you know, health to my career to my mm-hmm. relationship. I, I always want to be the best that I can. So yes, I, I always, you know, want to improve. I always want to improve in every area of my life. So for sure, I want to, you know, I want to do this for the physical benefits. But to be honest with you, a lot of it is my... Is it's my performance. That's kind of why I like to be healthy because I feel like I can perform mentally I can work like when I'm writing I feel way better when I'm eating well um and physically I like to feel like I'm strong and powerful so it's not only about weight it's it's really just a whole kind of all-rounded picture right well I think that yeah and I I love what you said about having the well-rounded picture and I think what we've even talked about before is like I think the downside I guess to me I guess where the here's where the line is which I think Emma is touching on as well which is are you making yourself feel bad when you stray from like eating quote unquote healthy, good foods? Like we've labeled these foods good and bad. Foods do different things to your body. You know, I think some foods are for the body. Others are for the soul. Like sometimes I'm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think like I eat pizza when I want, it doesn't make me feel great, but like the more damaging part of it is if you eat pizza and then you spend the next hour being like, I'm so bad. So I guess that to me is, there's the line. Or if you, like, have that pizza and you're like, oh, I've already fucked today. I might as well eat the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That disordered mentality. Well, for me, the reason that I am just, like, like, I don't even – this is the thing. I've, I've convinced myself so hardcore, so intensely that I 
don't want, you know, bad sugar and refined carbs that I just like don't even really want it anymore. Like for me, if I'm really craving a food, it's like I'm craving like those bulletproof bars that I just bought online and I want like six of them. I but love I'm, those. They're so fucking they're good. They're so good. Or like, um, you know, a paleo this or that. Like that's what I really crave. But then you're right. Like if I, I don't know, actually, I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I think like, okay, Stella, we actually had this discussion on another podcast that we did together and you're like balance, balance, balance. And I'm like, well, no, I don't like, you know, having a bite of this. If I, if I kind of am craving a brownie, I won't have a bite of it because I feel like shit for literally like two days. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of, it's like, I would rather not have it. Um, and you know, not feel like shit for two days. But then I completely agree with what you're saying as well. So I'm kind of torn. I'm in this like middle place where I'm like, yes, I like being extreme and I like feeling healthy and this and that. And I and I actually feel my best when I'm eating really, really well and working out and not mm-hmm. overeating. Like I physically feel incredible. I'm happier. And weirdly, I don't even think about food as much when I'm in that really good place. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm kind of like, you know, on my period and I eat a bit more you know, chocolate or like a bigger portions. I think for me, it's more portions. Um, then I just like think about food more and I feel like shit about myself. So it's like, how, how does somebody like, like me create balance when if I am eating a little bit of that shitty food, I just think about food even more and it's like a downward spiral. Yeah. That's like the thing that makes you obsess over it. Exactly. More, which mm-hmm. is also unhealthy. I, I kind of think that like everything, you have to always remember that like, it's so individual, you know, like, I think for people maybe like us, we have, you know, maybe like created this routine that makes us feel really good. And now we know what that's like. And we're like, oh, okay, I want to stick to that. But like, you have to remember that some people maybe like aren't as sensitive. Like, I was always so frustrated because I remember like when I was trying to figure out all of my digestive issues and stuff, I had a lot of friends who could literally eat whatever they want and feel the same no matter what. And like, Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, like, I'm jealous of you, but, like, you have to remember that everyone is so different. Like, some people can eat pizza every day and, like, you know, maybe to us they wouldn't feel fine, but they don't know what it's like to feel a different way. So for them it's, like, you know, it doesn't matter. But, like, since we kind of have these, like, different states, it makes you want to be in the one that you know is, like, better. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, I I totally agree with that. It's so individual. It's so individual, and I think that – I guess I – and part of the concept of intuitive eating, which I think for M and I, and I think for me, because I, my tendency when it comes to food is more towards the, like, my disordered eating was more towards the end of, like, anorexia than it was mm-hmm. the kind of binge eating side of it. So just, the, like, I think that's my individual experience is, like, those are the patterns I fall into more. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that a really important, important, like, mental bridge for me to have is to see that like I have permission to eat all food and then and I think that giving yourself permission alone you don't put these like quote-unquote bad foods on this pedestal you're and you're not demonizing them either like that goes both ways people that are like all I want is ice cream but I'm not allowed to have it and also people that are like ice cream is bad for you and I'll never touch it again like that's not really a way to exist in the world so Mm -hmm. I feel like Obviously, percentages are numbers, which I don't really agree with. Like, I don't count calories or weigh myself. But I think, like, I generally abide by the 80-20 rule, which is, like, I know exactly what you're saying, Mimi. I feel best when I'm eating tons of veggies, healthy fats, good proteins, working out, drinking a lot of water. Like, I know that that's when I feel my most, like, badass superwoman Mm -hmm. self. But I also know that, like... Superwoman. Yeah. (laughs) But I also know that, like, I need to be able to go out and, like, take a tequila shot with my friends and, like, eat pizza late at night and, like, not feel like I've undone all my 
progress, quote unquote. Okay, exactly. so how did you get to that point? Because obviously, Stella, like you've spoken on your podcast a lot about your eating disorder when you were younger and everything. How did you get to that point where you are now where, you know, eating something bad doesn't make you freak out? Honestly, I think a lot of it is like trial and error in that I would swing so extreme, then swing the other way extreme, swing one way. It was just like back and forth, back and forth between like starving myself. And then I think eventually I just felt like, because I exactly that I felt like when I was on like the really strict paleo diet, which is basically kind of like keto, I felt amazing. But I was using like my fitness pal and I was tracking everything. And I had my roommates from university sit me down and be like, can you stop? You're being crazy. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally affecting all of us when we're at dinner together and you're like pulling out my fitness pal, tracking how much oil was in your salad dressing. So just like knowing that you have that capacity to Mm -hmm. go so extreme and then starve, starve, starve. And then like you binge. And I just think... I did that so many times for so many years that eventually we talked about this on our podcast last night, which was like at a certain point, it was like my body deserves better than this. I deserve my brain deserves better than this. So it's like that's where my whole like some foods are for the body. Others are for the soul, like giving yourself permission, going easy on yourself. Like you're never going to be perfect. It's not realistic. No Mm -hmm. one is going to eat 100 percent perfect all the time. And the sooner you accept that, the happier you're going to be. But you can try your best until like. You know, I, th- I think this is it. When you are restricting yourself, like you were saying before, it's, it, you put it on a pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, my thing is not unhealthy food. You know, I would prefer like a, you know, a paleo, like this or that. But for me, it's like like the amount. Like I like being full. Like that is mm-hmm. my comfort. It's not, it's not, you know, comfort in like a mac and cheese or a pizza. It's like the feeling of being full, even if it's on a big plate of like, you know, chickpea pasta and like pesto or whatever. Like that's, you know, I, I just, and I've been doing so much trial and error with this. And I think I've improved so much the past year with that kind of mentality of like really obsessing over food when you're eating it. And the thing that's actually really worked for me is when I have a really good like morning routine or meditation practice that morning and I feel really like in tune with myself and I go at it um, and I'm, you know, you know, I have my actions or I'm, uh, my actions throughout the day are, are just showing self-love, then I will end up not like eating as much or like binging as much or thinking about food as much because it's literally all about self-love and that's the only thing that's ever worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that you just said it's that. So true. And I feel like, That's exactly what I think we even tried to say at the beginning, which is like that need for food, that need to feel full, like whatever you're doing, it's filling a void. And so like Mm -hmm. calling out, which is uncomfortable, humans don't like to sit with uncomfortable emotions. So trying to call out what need is not being met that I'm trying to fill with this food or with this. You just reminded me. So two weeks ago, I actually went to a psychotherapist for my Mm -hmm. first time. This is like not for a podcast. I'm actually going to have her on the podcast soon, but <laughs> it was not for the podcast. It was really genuinely because, um, you know, her PR messaged me and they were like, come, come try her out kind of thing. And I hadn't been to a therapist in years. I remember I went to a therapist for like six months when I was like 13, going through some, you know, preteen mm-hmm. emotional shit. My mom was like, go to therapy. And I didn't want to, so it never helped me. Um, but I remember like this session two weeks ago was really powerful. And what she said about, cause we were talking and she was like, what do you struggle with? I'm like, well, anxiety sometimes, stress sometimes, this, that, um, you know, I feel like, you know, with food sometimes, like, I don't 
think I have like a big issue but like sometimes like I just want to like fucking eat and like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to have such emotions tied to the, my food you know what I mean For so sure. like food is food you should not have so many emotions attached to it so what she said to me because she actually specializes um in anxiety uh, stress and then she also specializes in like binge eating and relationships with food which was interesting and I didn't even know until I got there so she explained this um and made a visual for me she was like okay Mimi think about every box of your life one box is your relationships one box is your family life one box is your career one box is your you know your favorite hobbies uh the other box is like just certain big boxes in your life and she was like you have a box for food she was like everybody with like a, a food kind of like not issue but like a, like food um you know obs- like obsession to an extent mm-hmm. has a box for food and when you are stressed or anxious or you feel a certain emotion that is linked to your food um thought or whatever you end up you can go to one box and you usually go for the food box i don't know if i'm explaining this well but basically she was like the way to kind of stop tying emotion in with food is to tie it with another box you know like start if you're stressed start like calling a friend in your in your friend box or uh talk to your boyfriend in your relationship box or go on a walk or you know play guitar in your hobby box or do something Mm -hmm. and you just have to replace it it's pretty much it you can't just like stop you need to replace it yeah, I that's such that. a good explanation. I really I like that. I actually no, explained that well. It. Well, I feel like, <laughs> like you killed we, it. And I feel like I have a friend. One time I was going through a really bad breakup. And my one of my friends gave me such a good piece of advice, which is basically that of like, I was just like, there's a hole. Like, there's a hole. And I think that applies to like food or what, like when you take something away from your life, then you're like, there's a hole there. And she's like, nothing's ever going to like just fill it the same way. But you're just going to keep adding little thing and little thing and little thing. And all of a sudden, it's like the hole is filled up and you won't mm. even know how it got there. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a, we talked, we had an episode a couple weeks ago where we talked about um, sort of like relapses from eating disorders. And um, that was one thing that I brought up, like exactly what you were saying, like, when I feel like I have other stress or anxiety in my life, even when it's totally unrelated to food, that's when like all of my anxious thoughts or and my obsession around food comes back. Like I think it's kind of like that with a lot of different sort of like mental illnesses, like whether it's depression or, you know, an eating disorder, a lot of that can be perpetuated by other things happening in your life or other things feeling like they're out of control. You kind of go back to that box, like Mm -hmm. you're saying. And like, I feel that so much. Like if I feel really relaxed and not stressed in my life, even what you're saying, like having the good morning routine and like feeling really in tune with yourself, those thoughts like seem to go away. But then as soon as things become stressful, it kind of like perpetuates that again. So it's honestly, you've explained it way better than I did. Yeah. It's such a real thing though. It's it's so so true. And so often eating disorders as a whole, we've talked about so much Mm -hmm. and what we've discovered is like, they're very rarely rooted in food. Like, yeah. it's yeah. really, and it's not, totally. it's also very rarely even rooted in your body. It's about yeah. these, like, yeah, it's about anxiety. It's about stress. It's about needs not being met. Comfort. It's about not it's feeling, comfort. not comfort, feeling, yeah. like, enough. Like, control. Yeah. Control. It's a safety. Yeah. It's a safety thing. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, being a kid, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like, like eating. Like, it all goes back to, like, things that actually happened in your childhood, weirdly. And this is what mm-hmm. I was talking about with the psychotherapist as well. Um, you know, feeling ashamed when you overeat. comes from an experience from your childhood Mm -hmm. so I oh my god it's like I'm gonna get so real here but like uh in the psychotherapist uh 
session that I had so we did like an hour of just normal therapy and then so she got to know me a bit and then an hour of like me being in a deep like meditation and her talking to me me replying and it was like the most intense thing it's like the psychotherapy part yeah cool I want to do this fucking insane guys so we we spoke about a lot about like my stress and anxiety and how that kind of stemmed from me being a kid and like I remembered like she I was in such a weird state that she brought out these memories that I hadn't thought of in like 10 years like how I was bullied when I was really young I forgot about that I blocked that out Mm -hmm. and like the second that she mentioned something and it brought it out I like started bawling my eyes out it was Mm -hmm. insane and it's like all these suppressed emotions so then the one with food and sometimes like I actually feel like I do feel ashamed when I overeat, but not not ashamed to anybody else around me. I'm ashamed of myself because I'm like, why would I do that? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I know better. I'm not, you know, that's not good. And then she brought me to this this moment. She was like, what's the first memory you can think of when you felt ashamed about overeating? And then I remember at a time, I was probably eight or nine years old. I was never, like, I was a very normal, like, I was never overweight thank god like I was a very like normal kid so this was not like this shouldn't have been concerning but I was eight years old and I was at a fair with my old neighbor and her mom okay I remember this perfectly and at the fair there was like a cookie stand and it's like build your own cookie like put your own toppings on this cookie and I remember (laughs) that day so well now and I hadn't thought about it in like 10 years so basically I remember my my friend my old neighbor like made her cookie whatever and I made mine I had way more toppings that on mine than she had on hers and the mom her mom said a comment to me she's like wow Mimi little miss piggy or like something <gasps> like along the lines of like wow that's like not okay why are you eating so much like ugh, like you know poor, like that's kind of weird you know what I mean <laughs> so I remember getting this feeling that I'd never had before I'm like wait is this bad like I'm a little girl like I I wanted every like I couldn't pick which topping I wanted so I put all of them on like I like what? Yeah. So, and I remember feeling so ashamed that I wasn't even like after she said she said that I didn't even have like an appetite. I was like, oh, okay, like I shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. And then I remember I don't remember what happened next. I was so young. This was like over ten years ago, but um, or over like that's like fifteen years ago. So um, yeah. And then I had this like memory in this psychotherapy session, and I like started bawling, and I'm like, whoa. And then she brought me through this whole process, and I had to like go back and heal myself with like my what I know now, and I had to go back to this little girl and look her in the eyes, and I was like, it's okay. Like it's not about you. It's about you know like why don't you don't let people affect you like that. It was like the most insane thing. I need, like, I'm booking a session with her when I get back to London because it was, like, I need to see her more often. That is oh my incredible. God. Yeah. Like, going, I love the idea of going back and apologizing to, like, your childhood your self, self and being, like, yeah. it's okay. It's like you're just well, a little girl, live. And it's crazy that, like, how many of our insecurities are rooted so far back. Like, even talking about bullying, I had this amazing class that I took in nutrition school called The Psychology of Disease, and one of the projects was, like, you had to – whatever it doesn't matter I we had to write about um like some of our basically past traumas and like mm-hmm. how they affected us and like yeah the bullying one is a crazy one because I never really thought about it but it's like I was so young when I was bullied and I was bullied for like things that were out of my control like my ears stuck out yeah. or like then I got my ears pinned back and I still got bullied and it like keeps going on and on and because you're so young you're like okay People are being mean to me. I don't know why, but there must be something wrong with me. So I need to search in myself for like, what's, what could possibly be wrong with me? So then you're in this weird thing as a kid where you're trying to like anticipate what people think badly about you before they even think it. Cause you're like, 
well, I'm getting bullied, so there must be something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, like, that doesn't go away. And I feel like, to me, that is such a root of so many of my insecurities now. And everyone's insecurity. Like, you're anticipating things that are wrong with you before they even happen. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my That's God. Insane. That's so crazy. crazy. And it's, like, it's crazy also how, like, it can be really small like subtle things that you would never think would affect your life in the long run. Like ah, I a actually comment. like one, comment. yeah, like a really small thing. Like I actually want to do something like that. Cause yeah. I can't even think of any of my own off the top of my head, but I didn't either. Until yeah. You did it, until you do that. Like, right. It just comes out cause you're in this. Yeah. I want to do state. it too. Oh my God. It's so crazy. It's hypnosis yeah, basically. Go. And you, you, it's just like, it was insane. It was so, so crazy. crazy. And there's so much more that I want to do because mm-hmm. there were only like three or four situations that really came up. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy how much you, block it out and then when you remember it it's like you know it's so in such a detail yeah it's and it's like something like clicks like I have a friend who um she like struggled a lot with disordered eating as well when she was younger and we were talking about it one day and she was saying how like there were just like these weird rules in her house that she grew up with that she never thought would like affect her in the Mm. long run but they really changed her relationship to food and like how she looked at food like she was saying one example is like her parents had like the bad cupboard where like the chips and stuff were kept and it was like oh no those are the bad foods like don't go in that cupboard and like when you're younger you don't think much about it and then she's like now when I think about it that's so fucked up and like that probably contributed to me thinking that foods were good and bad it's just like it seems so small but it's it's not and like it can really psychologically exactly obsessing, obsessing over the bad cupboard mm-hmm. like exactly. I'm not allowed in I'm there. not allowed chips like so I'm not allowed, allowed anything yeah. Yeah. yeah well I remember even like I wasn't allowed to drink soda as a kid which I think was like a good thing in retrospect yeah, me neither. and I like but then the second I was in university not university like high school and I was allowed to do like I mean allowed quote unquote to do whatever I want I was going through my eating disorder I drink like a diet coke every day because mm-hmm. it's like Ugh. this food like you weren't allowed Remember mm-hmm. the days of like drinking so oh. much Diet Coke? Okay. Oh. We had Fresca in the McGill. Oh my god. I used to work at Cineplex and we had Fresca and I would drink it all the time because I, I had a full on eating disorder and was like, this will make me full. Literally oh so god. many bubbly drinks. So many bubbly drinks. That oh would god. make me feel like actual shit now if I drank that. Imagine drinking a liter of Fresca. Oh my god. Odds, odds you drink a liter of Fresca. Like, no. That is not I don't even okay. think they have Fresca in the UK. It's like, hey, it's, like it's basically so like... Gross. Um, like orangina, so fake but sugar. fake it's calories. It's grapefruit, but like, well, yeah, it's just like, like if they don't know what it is, it's like, but it's like mm-hmm. no, it's it's like aspart packed with aspartame and fucking weird dyes and colors and it shit. Tastes like oh. pure fake sugar, pure it's fake disgusting. sugar. Anyway, we had it in the McGill calf, and I remember like yes. every day I would get a fresco with my shitty food, yeah, and like be like, I'm full. Like, yes. No, you're not. You drink literal jet fuel. Oh my god, <laughs> Stella, do you remember? Okay, like if you mind me sharing this. The cucumber okay. salad. Can I tell the story? Okay, go. okay, I want to hear this. Okay, so wait, give a backstory. So yeah, yeah. Stella and I met. Okay, yeah, go. No, yeah. You okay, the backstory. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Stella and I met when we were in high school, and we would work at this clothing store part time, and that's how we met. Basically, okay. So <laughs> yes, good story. I was. I feel okay. Part of the reason I want to tell the story is because I feel so deeply bad about it. I know yeah. we're fine now, but yeah. like. This to me is... We fueled each other for a long time. And this is such a, like, a thing that I look back on and that I'm like, wow, your actions really affect other people. And, like, think 
I don't know. Just like it's such a, it's a dark moment. You're for an me. influence, yeah. But so, I was too, so it's fine. Right. So basically, I was what really quickly before you start. I have never had like severe anorexia ever, like Stella had. Um, I think my my food problems have just been more like about obsess, obsess, obsession. Can't even speak obsession, and um, just like being really, really healthy and like obviously yeah. trying to lose weight. But I'd never had gotten to the point where I just wouldn't eat a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was in a point in my life where I was obsessed with calories um and I had all these really scary food rules for myself like I wasn't allowed to eat breakfast I wasn't allowed to eat lunch and I would only eat like a really small dinner and we were working Wait, at you this wouldn't eat all day no until I wouldn't dinner? eat all day until dinner so I so was you were doing a long fast long fast <laughs> yeah, so I long. was too long so I was working at this boutique and I remember I was one of the first times where I was working with someone that like she was eating lunch so I had to eat something because it looked really weird So I used to cut up half a cucumber and literally put like salt and pepper on it and like a little bit of lemon juice and bring it in a little Tupperware and like eat it with a sad fork and be miserable and (gasps) so hungry. And I remember Mimi coming in one day and being like, I guess Mimi saw me in this. And also keep in mind, I was like, I it was high school and I was three years older. So I feel like obviously there's like a bit of like a. Oh, like someone like older doing something like mm-hmm. must be cool. But we were both like obsessed with dieting. Like I was obsessed with dieting like all of high school with my friends. I remember we would do like the cabbage soup diet. Oh, really it's the worst. So worst. we would always like we had so much time on our hands working at this clothing store. So we would always talk about dieting. Yeah. This, that. So Mimi came in and she's like, is that all you're eating for lunch? And I was like, yeah, it keeps me so full. And then Mimi started to bring cucumbers because she was like, oh, I should also I should feel full. Not only should I do that, but I should also feel full. And then weren't you saying like it made you feel so bad about yourself that you'd eat a cucumber salad and you wouldn't feel full? And you're like, what's like wrong mm. with me? Why is like Stella full off this? But <laughs> I'm you're lying and I'm feeling full. Exactly. Yeah. I was lying. I barely even remember oh that. God. But yeah, I remember the day. I remember where, where we were standing and it was like next to the till and that in yeah. one girl who. And then, um, you know, you had this like cucumber salad and you're like, it honestly makes me feel so full. Cucumber so filling. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I need to try this right now. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. No, that's so funny. Okay. It's just a it's those, yeah, it's like, yeah. which just shows how, and I think when I look back on those moments, like, you weren't the only friend I had like that. There was another friend in high school where we, like, fueled off each other, and I think it just goes to show, like, how, like, it's such a, it's a real mental health illness, because, like, oh, yeah. why would I ever lie like that and, like, make my friend unhealthy and, like, that's kind of scary. To you make know? you so feel like, better about the fact that you're doing it. But right. I was, I, it wasn't you No, I know, of I course, like, of yeah. course. But I just think it's, like, moments like that really remind me that this is not just, like, oh, like, about food or bodies. It's, no. like, a real mental illness that was in my mind that, like, was so infect. My brain was so, like, infected by it that I was willing to, like, sabotage people I loved for it, basically. Yeah. And it, like, clouds your reality completely because you're, reality. like, living in such a different, and like, I, world. And I don't think I thought I was long. I think I generally was, like, I have to believe that I'm full For sure. You're salad. trying to convince yourself yeah. of it as well. Yeah, I remember feeling that. Okay, so what if a listener right now... Or listener right now listening. Oh my god, guys, my brain is much <laughs> Okay, let's restart that. It's been a day. It's been a day. What if somebody listening right now has a friend like this that is kind of going through disordered eating and pretending that she's okay? What are some tips that you would have for, for her? Mm. I think that's so good, and I think I love that question. And 
Um, I've said this on our podcast, and I think that it's a really important thing to note that I've been on both sides of it. So I've been on like the side of being the friend being talked to by multiple people. And I've also been on the side of the friend bringing it up with their friends because I saw other people struggling and I recognized it. I was like, I've done that behavior too. Like I, you're not so sneaky. I see that, you know? Mm -hmm. So one is that I think it's often really people get really scared to bring it up because they don't want to lose their friend. And the first thing I like to say is that every single one of my friends that brought it up with me are still my best friends to this day, 10 Same. years later. So like they and they're the people that I like hold so close to my heart because I knew that like, whoa, you cared enough to like you were willing to piss me off and make me feel embarrassed and scared and all these things because you knew it was better for me. So like that's a good thing. And I think when I've brought it up with my friends, I've just like sat them down and been like, look, I'm not pressuring you to talk to me at all, but I just want to let you know I've noticed some things going on with you. Like I've noticed some changes in your body or your behavior, Not maybe not your body, but like I've just noticed some changes and I just want you to know that like I'm here for you to talk about it and also that like I see it. So yeah. like mm-hmm. doors open, but like kind of like I'm watching half, yeah, like half calling them out like you're not it's because I think people think like I thought I was being sneaky like eating only an apple every day for lunch yeah. and my friends were like oh we see you like we're all eating sandwiches and you're not eating anything yeah so I think yeah one is like call it out and be like I see you and also like I've noticed and I'm here for you and just kind of some people aren't ready to talk about it that's fine but then when they are ready they'll know that you're the person to come to and if it's been a couple more months and they still haven't just like bring it up again and again and again yeah and I think the way that you approach it like there's a lot of different ways to approach it and I think that's important too because like definitely when I was going through that I had people approach it in different ways and it made me feel so much worse when like people would approach it from a way more shameful like perspective Mm -hmm. like being like oh my God, like you don't eat, like, you know, just like things that are a bit more aggressive and make you feel really bad about it. Whereas like, I remember it always affected me really differently when it was more without like really scaring people when it was from a place of like, this is like, I'm like a bit worried about you. And this is like really unhealthy. Like, you know, that that's coming from a place of love because then like the people that love you are actually concerned. They're not just being like, oh my God, you should like eat something, you know? So I think like the way you approach it is really important too. And like making sure you show that it's coming from a place where like you really care about them and like their health, you know? Cause it's, I think it's also sometimes hard for people who might be in that situation to recognize the bigger picture. Like they have like all this stuff going on in their own heads, but like, I think they lose sight of the fact that like, it really is about your health. Like it's like dangerous. Also who wants to live with just these thoughts about what you're eating and what you look like all fucking mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I saw the best thing on Instagram that was like, you can't live a full life on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's so not true. even that. It's like, yeah, because obviously when you're hungry, it's like all you're thinking about and then you're getting mad at yourself for thinking about food, but then it's like, but you're starving yourself. It's like your primal need to eat. So yeah. it's like you're just fighting your biology at this point. Well, I so think, oh, sorry. Yeah. It's okay, but it's just like, because I've been there, I... I, again, like I'm saying, like I said before, like I was never like anorexic, but I was obsessed with dieting when I was in high school. So that was disordered eating, 100%. And I just remember my days and it was like, it revolved around like what new diet, what to do next, like structuring my meals for the week, this, that. And it was really negatively obsessive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's like a bigger, it's like a larger mental health issue that I think a lot of, like I didn't recognize it till years later. Like at mm-hmm. the time I just was like, Oh, yeah, I'm, like, I I didn't even think that it was 
to the extent that it was, you know? So I think it's, like, important for people to also recognize, like, this is, like, a larger thing that, like, can really affect your life in the long run. And, like, you have to take it seriously because I think a lot of times when you're in that situation, you don't Can I quickly just say that I regret every single fucking minute of high school that I just spent thinking about food and Mm -hmm. my body. I wasted memories. I wasted my fucking childhood. Like, Right. Well, totally. we were even, we had a, we, that's so true. We had a really awesome guest on our podcast that was like, we kind of were like, what was the moment for you where you were like, uh uh-uh, uh, no more of this shit? And she was like, there was just like this moment where I looked back and I realized all of my memories were clouded by this, like, I would look back on like a photo from university and remember, like, oh yeah, I was like unhappy that night because I thought I looked bloated because I ate like, too much at lunch or like mm-hmm. just like all your memories are clouded by this thing and em and i were l- talking about some of our friends and we were like wow we don't even like know what that's like to like and not be thinking imagine about that being someone who was just like never thought about it and never had to think about it and never obsessed about it and i was like wow we can never we could never but like we also can't we that. can't re- like we can't regret that look no. at this conversation we're having and right we're probably now. helping a lot of people by being open about this mm-hmm. and stuff but the other thing i was about to say when i was just listening to you is that you know, we were, we were so obsessed and we would, you know, restrict and then kind of binge and then always, and even binge, not even physically, but binge think about it. Mm-hmm. And when I have stopped with that mentality, I feel like I don't even binge as much anymore. And mm-hmm. obviously, yes, once in a while, like I said before, I still overeat sometimes, but it's way less than I used to because I am not binge thinking about my body And therefore, I am not, you know, like, I'm not thinking about food. I'm not trying to eat more. It's, like, not all revolved around food anymore. Mm -hmm, Whereas it mm -hmm. used to be completely revolved around food. Now it's, like, I've gotten, like, maybe 85% of those thoughts gone. Totally. 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 That's such a – I love what you said about binge thinking. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true because it's, like – and that's even what we're saying about, you know, like – the the guilt that comes along with it like that that's kind of the line of like it's just yeah this all around obsession that's really it's a good way of thinking yeah about it's it. not just about that eating is only like one small part of it yeah yeah it's all mental mm-hmm. and the second like, it's literally just it's not even unhealthy for your body to be doing this like restrict binge restrict binge kind of thing but it's it's like your mental capacity like the amount of time you spend thinking about it where mm-hmm. you could be spending this time you know, imagine all the time we thought about our bodies and dieting and, and just going overboard about thinking about that. Imagine if we spent all those minutes learning new languages, mm-hmm. like working on a side hustle business. We'd be fucking millionaires. Well, I, think, I know. Well, it's I think so that that's hard. what we're saying, though, but I think, like, obviously we can say that, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm with you. Like, wish I didn't spend all that time, yeah. but also, like, can't regret it. this is amazing yeah. that we're sitting down right now having this conversation, and clearly the three of us having experienced it. Like, we're a tiny sample size of the millions of women that are experiencing this all the time. Mm-hmm. So opening this dialogue is so important, making it less of, like, a shameful thing when you feel like binging or feel like starving not feeling like it's embarrassing to call a friend and be like here's what I'm feeling like I think that's mm-hmm. like making the conversation more available and accessible is so important it open. especially when we live in a society where like it's really hard to avoid these things like we live in like a diet culture world and like mm-hmm. you know like you're saying you could spend time doing other things but when it's in your face all the time it's really difficult to do that so I think yeah, yeah. like you're saying having these conversations is important in like 
getting people to talk about this because like it's inevitable that we live in a society that really is like and it also perpetuates this you know yeah and a society that values women so much based on how we look which is like a whole other can of worms a whole other thing but like yeah the fact that you know as a little girl like i think a lot of these issues we've talked about stem from like puberty right Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it is like this is actually interesting. Phil and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking about the parallel line of, like, how males go from puberty into, like, adolescence. And then I told, like, the female story. And we were like, holy shit. These were, like, two narratives that were running parallel. But, like, we had no fucking idea what was going on, on the other side. Mm-hmm. But that as a woman, like, you're out of control. You were this, like, little, like, boxy, like, bored, flat, like, little kid running around, like, playing sports and doing whatever. And all of a sudden, like your boobs pop up and your hips pop out and you have this body you don't recognize, but you're getting all this attention for it that you're like, I don't feel at home in this body, but like I'm getting all this positive feedback. So I'm confused about mm-hmm. what I even feel. And it's like that it just like starts your whole it's very confusing body journey in such a weird way. And it can make you either like ashamed of your body or it can make you not like your body or it can make you in really good cases, love your body. But mm-hmm. like it can go so many ways and it's, yeah, we're so Like, our value is so put on how we look. Yeah, 100%. As women, we compare. We compare so much, and Mm. comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And I try so hard to stop comparing myself. Like, it's it's the one thing that just kills my vibe. Like, this morning, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm going to admit it. I still woke up early, which was great, but I was trying to do my morning routine, and I was, like, going in and out of, like, feeling really good and then being like, oh, but this, and then it's, like, feeling good, oh, but this. And every time I felt the ugh was because I was comparing myself to somebody else. I was, like, looking up, um, I forget what it was. It was, like, I was looking something up online, and it was, like, this girl just looked so fucking fit. And I'm like, oh my God, like, why don't I look like that yet? I work mm-hmm. out six days a week. And then I'm like, Mimi, maybe I need to stop obsessing so much. And this is going to, we're going to go full circle now back to the first questions, like <laughs> orthorexia. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't, I don't think I have an issue because I don't, I think I, I look at health in a positive way. Um, but yet again, I think about it a lot. So I think I'm going to try working on maybe like, not listening to only health podcasts maybe listening to like mm-hmm. more relationship podcasts this pod like you know what I mean I'm just like generally really interested in it mm-hmm. but I'm gonna try like consuming different types of yeah. you know podcasts and books now because well, I, I am really like into it you know yeah well I yeah. think that's a good idea also like you don't have to define it like you don't have to feel like do I have this issue or do I not like mm-hmm. there you owe you owe this label like you don't owe yourself this label you don't owe anyone this label if you don't want to label what's what's going on in your head like that's yeah. fine and I love what you said about like consuming different stuff yeah. I just feel like we always are better when we're more well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, that can apply to literally anyone. Yeah. Like, whether you're obsessed with health or coding or finance. Like, whatever it is, I think it's so smart for every person to try to be as well-rounded as they can be. Because mm-hmm. that'll just, like, make your life so much better. Yeah, and honestly, I'm so freaking open on this podcast. I speak without thinking. And everybody that listens to this podcast knows, like, my deepest issues yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... If it was concerning, like I like people would tell me because I'm I don't keep anything mm-hmm. in basically. Yeah, and also it's not for them to label either. But yeah, I think exactly. that like yeah, don't focus on the label and like I think that alone will help you stop like obsessing over it. But I just yeah. think generally yeah, the consuming different stuff like I love what you said just yeah mm-hmm. like it'll benefit anyone no matter what your interest is. Yeah, and being really in tune with yourself and honest with yourself, which I feel like you are. So I think like 
yeah, you have a very good, like, awareness, self-awareness. And I think yes. that's important in, like, knowing who you are and, like, what's best for you. And I've learned that. It. Yeah. So, no, seriously, the, the self-awareness thing is massive. Mm-hmm. And I don't hide things anymore. And if, like, this morning when I was feeling like crap, I was journaling about it in the moment. And I was trying to meditate on, like, why I feel this way or that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very – like, I look at myself in the fucking eyes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I stare at myself in my eyes and I'm like, what is going on? Let's mm-hmm. deal with this. And that's something – that comes from, like, you know, this obsession of personal growth, which is another one of my obsessions. <laughs> yes. I want to be the best version of myself possible. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what can I do? I'm going to meditate this thought. But I think, yeah, I think it's good. I just need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to do. I go need to easy just, on yourself. Yeah, go easy on yourself. Totally. I just need to chill out and just live in the now more. Mm-hmm. And when I live in the now, I'm way happier. And even if that's just, and I was, I had just did a podcast with Charlotte, my cousin the other day, and um, she was talking about living in the now and how it's really changed her life. And, you know, her favorite tips on living in the now is just like being in tune with one of your senses. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, tasting the food you're eating or feeling the cold air on your hands. And like, that just brings you back to the moment. And I find with me, especially because I'm quite type A and like, I know Stella's a little bit type A too. Emma, I don't know you well enough yet. Yeah, yeah. You could be a bit type A. Okay. Um, Emma's not type A. No, no you're not. Okay, okay you're, the, you're more chill. Stella and, I, yeah. Stella and I are quite type A, so we think really, we like, obsess over like, the future and like what we have to do and this, this, this. And I feel like for us, like it's so important to just like live in the moment and just like surrender mm-hmm. and surrender. surrender surrender i love the things the thing you said about senses i literally just went to like a meditation yoga class mm. a couple weeks ago and it was it was based on the five senses and that's exactly what she was saying she was like a really good way to like get in tune with yourself and your like reality is just like notice your senses and i was like oh that's so simple but so effective yeah <laughs> so effective <laughs> so effective. i know i feel like i like that way of thinking about yeah it. i love yeah. it phil gets me mm-hmm. to do that he's a yoga instructor so that makes sense but he'll yoga. always be like yeah like because sometimes the breath like focusing on your breath sometimes stresses me out as someone who's had panic attacks if i start thinking about my breathing it's not a calming thing to me i'm like yeah <sighs> yeah i like can't get a deep enough breath <laughs> yeah but totally. yeah focusing on like the air on your arms or like the g- ground under your feet so mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Little things like that. All right, ladies. We are almost on the podcast. I have one more question for you. Ooh. And I want you to both uh, reply to this um, on your own terms. Like, I don't want I don't want this to be a joint answer, okay? okay. I'm going to ask Emma first. Okay. okay. Oh, shit. Nice. <laughs> if I ask this every, to everybody on the podcast, okay. basically. If you – because we talk about morning routines a lot. If you wake up one morning and you're just in the shittiest mood, what do you do that ensures a bounce back? Ooh, I love that question. I should have seen this coming because I have heard you ask that to other people. (laughs) Like, Um, what's something that you do in the morning that really just switches the mood? Honestly, for me, this might be, like, a silly answer, but music. Music Mm. really changes my mood. Like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm, like, obsessed with playlists. I make playlists for every mood. I'm, like, such a playlist person. And, like, if I throw on, like, some really good music, like, whatever I'm in the mood for – it like instantly lifts my mood. One of your That's senses. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that music is like really big for me. I yeah. love that. The creative output. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Outlet. Outlet. Yeah. Outlet. Guys, today I really just need to get a brain <laughs> surgery. <laughs> brain surgery. Today is one of those brain surgery days. Um, wait, can I add one more thing to it? Yes, of course. Also, I have this a lot because I live alone, but also having like alone quiet time mm. is like really important for me in the morning. Like I need to like wake up and like 
chill. You or know? one of your famous coffees that I always see. You yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I need that, like, relaxation time yeah. in the morning to just, like, chill and, like, be on my own and, like, think a little bit and try not to look at my phone things like yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. I love what you said about the alone time. Like, I think, yeah, slow mornings are really important for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd way rather get up earlier. Like, I'd rather lose an hour or an hour, like, a half an hour of sleep in order to not feel rushed. Because I think – Feeling rushed in the morning, that sets my whole day up as, like, really fucked. Yeah, 100%. Um, But I think – and this is something I've kind of recently come into more, and I've made Emma start as well. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, Journaling. Journaling. And I think that what I've said on our podcast, too, is that I used to feel like when I – it's like I feel like it's so cliche, and I used to hear people say that, and I'd kind of be like, hey, I roll a little bit. But the thing is, I feel like when I used to journal, I used to have – feel like I had to give so much backstory of, like, here's yep. what's going on in my life. And, like, here's what you fictitious <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> You're talking yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. And instead, I just have tried to be, like, word vomit onto a page. Like, literally stream of consciousness. Just start writing as, like, I'm fucking pissed. And the minute you start writing a note, I just – it's crazy that I can notice within even half a page of complaining, my brain naturally wants to be like, okay, but here's why all these things aren't so dramatic like you just wrote them out. Yeah. And it helps so so much. You're so right. And I feel like I can relate to that so much. Like I used – when I used to journal, I'd be like, okay, future me is probably going to read this. I need to get a backstory. And (laughs) I can't be totally honest because then she'll think I'm fucked up. So I need Mm – you know what I mean? I would always do that. 100%. And now it's just like – And I like reading those so much in the morning. Mm -hmm. In the mornings really help me. And I've gone back and it's funny. Like exactly what you were saying. Like future you is going to read them. The journals that I've gone back and and read that I was like way too like poised and like things are perfect even though I was like – Things were shit. I know what was going on back then. And yeah, like reading the ones where I'm like, I'm so upset. And here's why I'm like, oh, that's cute. You were so upset. Things worked out. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Love Love it. It's great. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And where can our listeners find you? Your personal instas and your Rock Your Bod Pod. Okay, so Rock Your Bod Pod is on iTunes and Spotify. Or you can find us on Instagram at Rock Your Bod Pod. Yes. That's the Rock Your Bod Pod side. Um, my Instagram is Kula's Kitchen. That's my last name. So Kula's underscore kitchen. It's like mostly food related. She makes really like yummy. Such good food. Well, like yeah. bulletproof coffee vibe. But like I said before, like she oh makes God. like the yummiest coffees and she always takes Insta stories. It's my and I'm shit. always like, I want one now. <laughs> oh, I'm so bad with like, like her homemade cashew milk. It's yeah. Lit. Yeah. Um, my Instagram is stellar.health. Yay. Yay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.